0: Good afternoon, collectors, and welcome to Trading Card Therapy, episode number 19. Happy New Year to everyone out there. Thanks for joining us. Unless you've been living under a rock for the last, oh, I don't know, 24 hours, you've heard by now, Fanatics has officially acquired the Topps Sports and Entertainment Divisions of Tops. Tops will be holding on to their candy business. Certainly as collectors, we're not that interested in candy, although I am a big fan of grape Swedish fish. So if you see any, please let me know, as they're very rare. Not numbered, just rare. Like a tough short print, you know, out of a case. Anyway, what does this mean for the hobby at large? What does this mean for, depending on what bucket you fall into, collector? What does this mean for dealers? What does this mean for hobby shop owners? What does this mean for... Hybrid of uh, you know all of those meaning collector and dealer you know a lot of times can be the same these days. I'll start off by saying when I first heard it, I wasn't shocked. However, I was very happy that it happened a lot sooner than I thought. I thought it would happen in twelve months from now, eighteen months from now. You know, if we were unlucky, maybe a couple years from now. Very fortunate as a hobby to start off with such incredible news to begin the new year of 2022. And for those of you who are curious, at least as to my take, um, that's what I'm gonna be revealing today. But please, if you're watching this video, whether it be on YouTube or you're joining us here on IG Live, we appreciate it. We'd love to hear from you and your take as well. So drop your comments down below. So with Fanatics making the move now, First and foremost, what struck me, this was a tweet from Michael Rubin on social media, that the 350 or so Tops employees, they're coming with. They're staying at the company, and that's going to be very, very exciting, of course, not just for all of those people and their jobs and their families. Let's be real. We certainly, if if you're a human being, you care about them, and you care about their families and what was going to be the shakeout. But as a collector, as a dealer, Right? As an investor, you care about the quality of the products that Topps is going to put out under the Fanatics brand. And so for some people that may have been worried that Fanatics was going to take the brand name of Topps, but not the people, not the makeup, the fabric of the brand, but just the actual name itself, I think for those that were a little bit worried on the short term of what was going to happen – there's a lot of encouraging signs coming out of the Fanatics camp, not just, of course, about the acquisition, but about the employees. And then as far as collector, dealer, investor, because I'm certainly, you know, all of those, and I know many of us are all of those, so that's why this is an appealing, at least to me, this would be a take that I'd want to hear from all of you, because many of us fall on that collector, dealer, investor, uh, different buckets, is why do you think it's good now? Or for that matter, why do you think it's bad? I think it's good for a lot of reasons for collector dealer investors. First and foremost, it gives you confidence in a long time brand that is going to stick around and be relevant for the decades to come. And that's not only relevant for next year's, oh, I'm excited, tops chrome and tops finest basketball, right? But also, Just as excited, if not more excited, that the 52 Tops Maze, the 52 Tops Mantle, all of those relevant cards from Tops that they produced over the last, oh, I don't know, 70 or so years will not only remain historically important, but as the brand under Fanatics at this point continues to um, flourish and grow, I could only imagine that for those who've been, because I this is how I felt, right? Forget about, you know, I don't have any sponsors here. I can just tell you how I felt. My honest, sincere, how it felt here, how it felt here. When I heard that news, it made me want to go out and buy the Blue Chips of Tops cards because their brand is now going to be synonymous with baseball cards and basketball and football for the next, hopefully, several decades I'm not suggesting I wasn't buying Jim Brown rookies or Bill Russell rookies because of what was going on. I'm just saying that I feel even more confident that I can't believe that our businesses, I saw this in in 2030, it's going to be a $97.2 billion business. I have no idea. That is not my area of expertise. But the area I do know well, which is baseball cards, Um, more on the vintage side, but certainly very in tune with modern as we offer both styles of breaks through our breaking company, vintagebreaks.com. This is extremely good news for the hobby as it stands, especially for those that were naysayers that were thinking Topps was going to now overproduce for the next several years while it was waiting for, you know, its meal ticket to expire and Fanatics to take over. Now they're going to be in lockstep and trying to hopefully create the best value, the best product uh, for the value um, across different price points for the customer. Um, I think that's really exciting. As far as being a collector, dealer investor, this is not just about the legacy of tops continuing moving forward, but it's also looking backwards and understanding that their rich history was certainly part of the reason why Fanatics was rumored to pay approximately five hundred million dollars for the top sports and entertainment divisions. But that should say something to you as a collector, as a dealer, as an investor. If you've been, you know, hovering or on the brink of buying a special TOPS card, I feel a lot more confident this morning. That is my take. Please, like I said, share your feedback in the comments below. Uh, I'd love to hear your thoughts. And if anyone wants to reach out to me directly, you can do that either uh, through DM on Instagram or email through Layton at justcollect.com. One of the other many points that hopefully... Is not only worth discussing, but will come out of this with fanatics and tops. Is I've long said that the places like Walmart or Barnes and Noble, Target, and the like, when they carry retail product, for example, of tops. Now, what I'm hoping that fanatics will be able to figure out with their amazing team over there, is to produce products that can be inventoried buy Target, buy Walmart, buy Walgreens, and that we can price out, let's say, at 99 cents per pack, $1.49 per unit, and that you don't put a chase card in it. It's an 800-card set or a 1,200-card set, and there will be rookies and, you know, lots of great, bold, vivid colors and facts about not just about those current players, but about baseball cards in general. I'd use it as an educational set, keep the price point super low, maybe even use it as a loss leader. I believe Fanatics has that kind of mentality. And so what I'm hoping is we're going to see that price point available again, which has not been available for some time for modern cards uh, just coming out in the current year's releases. And I'm also hoping that they figure out a way with their distribution knowledge to keep it in stock so that whether it be my seven-year-old son, Crosby, as I take him to those places like Target and such, we're going to be able to pick up a few packs of cards and don't have to be worried about being barreled over by, you know, someone who's been stalking that particular location. Shout out to my friend, Chris Coe. I'm going to take his quote directly here that says, I think the tops acquisition is super smart because they now own the brand and potentially the IP to secure all the rights, physical cards and digital most certainly uh, interesting uh, point, Chris, debatable about all of the you know digital rights and to further Chris's point says he's no lawyer, but I suspect as the values get bigger, IP rights and authentication rights to say a PSA3 1952 tops jackie that you own that goes NFT becomes murky on who owns all rights to it. Chris, that's what exactly what I was thinking this morning. only time will tell over the coming months and years as far as IP, rights and NFTs are concerned as far as Topps baseball cards. But great uh, comments and certainly great questions and and it provokes, uh, you know, interesting discussions uh, for the hobby as it stands now and as it evolves into the future. There's many other, I believe, really fun things that Fanatics is going to be able to do that maybe Topps couldn't do with their product. And so Topps is, you know, put out Every year, for example, they're transcendent, which is a super high-end. You know, I don't remember. It's twenty thousand a box. And they only produce a hundred boxes. Well, maybe Fanatics does the same thing. Maybe the run is a little bit larger. Instead of there just being a party at the end, anyone who buys into that break, that information is collected by Fanatics because they care about all those high-end clients, and they're going to do something for them. So one of the things that um, I think Chris is going to be interesting about this acquisition is how close does this mean Fanatics is to breaking? Because you now own a manufacturer and certainly a very esteemed one. Are they going to enter the breaking market or they're going to let the breaking market kind of, you know, take care of itself and they're just going to be worrying about the ecosystem and the distribution of their product, which by the way, we're going to get to in a second. That'll be interesting for breakers as well. What does it mean? Um, when they talk about direct-to-consumer. So I'm certainly not an expert in that arena, but direct-to-consumer means that the company who's selling or offering said good or goods and or services do so without the aid of a middleman, a retail store, or anyone in the middle that causes friction, therefore supposedly keeping down the price uh, or the ask um, of said goods or services to the end user. I don't know how that's going to play out but I'd like to think that at the very least, we are going to see that $0.99 cent or $1.49 break uh, or packs uh, available as well as, you know, different, let's say, points in the distribution system as far as kind of circling back to the transcendent discussion that we were just having. I believe that Tops and their new owners are very interested in not just their products, but who consumes their products because that's, you know, how they're going to Ultimately, uh, you know, improve their offering and the value proposition for said consumers, you know, over the years. But I think that they're going to be interested in maybe how, for example, not just how many cases Transcendent or Bowman Draft, which is the new hot product that just dropped, are going to be offered to a said card shop or distributor, but also how something high-end like Transcendent is actually going to be broken, because I've seen, and I don't know, um, you know, about you, but and once again, for full disclosure, you do not know, I, I do own a breaking company called VintageBrakes.com, and obviously, everyone has their own style and their own flavor that they like that they enjoy. Because it is entertainment. I think that when you're coming to, let's say, something like, you know, Flawless, which has 20 cards in a case. You know, you'll see breakers open up a whole case of flog, a stack to 20 cars and fire through them like they're eating Doritos. You know, my son tears through Dorito bags and, I, and that's why I'm doing this because he just keeps eating them um, and he says they're so good and they are. But when you're talking about something that is, you know, very limited uh, in production and of, you know, high perceived value and actuality is worth potentially a bunch of money as well. I believe that there should be, you know, rules and regulations, uh, uh, a guidebook, a handbook, if you will, set forth by TOPS as to how these, you know, high-end products should be handled. And then, you know, I know this is a very hot topic within the industry is allocation. Here's the thing. I don't know what TOPS is going to do. I have no stake in it in the sense of I get no allocation. So anything you see offered at vintagebreaks.com is obtained from a distributor, the secondary market, right? Collectors, dealers, investors, auction houses, et cetera. Hope to change that, which we're going to talk about in just a few minutes. But I don't know if they're going to keep that same rule book. In other words, everyone who has the allocation they have now gets the same moving forward. If I had to take a guess, I think they're going to use that information of how it stands and how it exists at the moment to help them guide and rewrite how allocation is going to be dealt with moving forward. Because there's a lot of folks, whether it be new shop owners or smaller shop owners or aspiring baseball card shop owners that know they have no chance, whether it be breaking or just simply, I don't know about you guys, I grew up, I was the kid of, I went up the hill at Gordon's Corner Road in Manalpa, New Jersey. I had $3.50. I was hoping to get more from Lori and Me, which is the name of the baseball card place right around the corner from my house that I could ride my bike to. And like I bought packs and I opened them and I traded and I try to give all the stuff back for just another two packs. Or I would try to get 1980s football cards with my buddy Andrew growing up because we thought they were rare. There wasn't a lot of football, you know, around. Uh, certainly baseball was the most prominent. We don't know what'll happen, but I believe fanatics, especially by doing the move this early, they are really concerned with how they're going to, of course, leverage the top's brand. And leverage the top's name, but also how to keep people around, how to um, uh, have less friction for everyone involved. And then also, just look how many people are in the world, and look how many people don't collect baseball cards but love sports. And when I say baseball cards, for those of you who are just watching this Trading Card Therapy episode number 19 for the first time, I don't actually just mean baseball cards. I mean basketball. I mean football. I mean hockey. I mean, UFC, Garbage Pal Kids, for that matter, all that good stuff. Yes, Tops Chrome basketball, please. I mean, there's going to be, whatever the first Tops Chrome basketball release is going to be, it's going to be like that first year of PRISM basketball. I think it's, uh, what is it, 13-14 is Giannis, so it's 12-13 maybe, when they had PRISM, and it's like the first Curry card of PRISM. I think a lot of that stuff, I mean, hopefully they're going to be able to secure a Jordan license, although I guess with the upper deck license with Jordan, maybe they can't, but Whoever comes out, it's gonna be a highly iconic set, super pumped for it. Those are just some of my thoughts as far as the big news about Fanatics acquiring tops, and in regards to the allocation, just to finish up there. If I were a card shop that had zero allocation, and we're not really a card shop, we'll get to that in a few minutes, versus a card shop that has a lot of allocation, if I were the folks that had a lot of allocation, that's probably where I'd be most concerned and I'll tell you why. Because I don't believe what's been transpiring over the last, whether it be year or several years, has quote unquote been fair. And I'm not saying life is fair because that's not what this is about. Most certainly it is not. But you want to try to be fair in business because good fair business promotes more business. And so there may not be a reason why I'm making it up so-and-so shop gets 11 cases because maybe they were friends with Billy who used to work in marketing and that guy was from their hometown. And you find out that a bigger shop, they actually only get two cases of Dynasty. Like, that doesn't make any sense. So I don't know the last time their allocations have been audited, but I suspect that they're not going to just audit the allocations as it stands, but they're going to audit the entire allocations process. And, you know, we shall see what it'll mean moving forward. But this is why I'm suggesting... If you get a lot of allocation, I'd be more concerned there because you have a lot more to lose. Whereas, for example, vintage breaks get zero allocation. So anything that we can do to make an inroad or make headway is going to be great for us. And to be fair, I also think is going to be better for the long-term viability of the hobby because you want people who are on the sidelines that are spying entrepreneurs or frankly, they've had a good run. They've worked in corporate America and, you know, they want to open up a card shop in their town. Great. I think that's all good for a business. Um, All those different angles. I think that the allocation process is going to be audited. And, you know, we'll see um, where the final numbers land. But uh, speaking of that, we have our own news uh, here at Just Collective Vintage Breaks. And for those of you who are new to trading card therapy, welcome. Uh, Those are the two companies I own in the baseball card space. And yes, I am a big baseball card nerd. So our building has been sold here in, uh, just outside of New Brunswick, New Jersey, about a mile from Rutgers College. And so we are looking to uh, move um, our office and we're very excited for that. One of the main reasons is because I've kind of wanted to do it anyway and we've been operating with what we have, like many of us do in life, but we know that with a move, there's gonna be a lot of opportunity to not only be more efficient, but potentially, for example, for Vintage Breaks, produce a higher quality show, We're going to knock on wood. We're going to have a retail shop. It will not be a retail shop in the sense of like a Burbank or some, you know, super duper mega uh, 5,000, 10,000 square foot space. It's more going to be like a, you know, let's say a high end jewelry shop you'd find in Short Hills, New Jersey, where you're ringing a doorbell to hop on in to see, as my wife has done, some nice jewelry. Um, Well, in this case, you're going to see some nice Babe Ruth's and Lou Gehrig's and Joe NamUs and Will Chamberlain's. But we're having fun right now in our office here in New Jersey, um, working on the floor plan. Uh, so if you do know any commercial real estate agents, I just realized, hey, drop us a line. We're already working with one fella, but certainly, um, you know, we're, we're open. Um, we're looking for more of like a flex space. And that's very exciting for us to uh, have retail because for this baseball card nerd, who's wanted to probably have a card shop since he was, I don't know, 11 years old, I can now rationalize having it be part of our business in a growing um, hobby, in a growing industry. And so we're, we're just really um, blessed to be in the position that we're in. We're very excited about where we're going. And once again, a special shout out to Fanatic's acquisition of Tops. Shout out to Michael Rubin and Josh Luber and their entire team to not only go out and acquire them, but to make it part of the first 24 hours where it's known that the entire Topps team is coming with them uh, to Fanatics and they're being welcomed to the Fanatics family, I just think that when you consider those who you trade with, the, your local card store that you go to, your local card show, the dealer that you buy from, this may sound corny, but oh, it's the truth. We are all a card family. And on that note, This is Trading Card Therapy, episode number 19. Happy New Year, and thanks for joining us.